You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person, a child. your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning to all the truth seekers out there. Glad to be back in the saddle once again. Every Saturday morning, we rock and do this where we specialize in having hard conversations on race, sex, and culture. I am riding in this thing dolo. Uh, it's been a long week. been able to pull one of the queens of intellect on with me this morning. You know, I like to keep a, a queen to keep me in check on, you know, some of my thoughts. Sometimes they get a little wayward. Sometimes they're out there. But we like to push the envelope. And so a lot of times I like to have uh, – you know, the queen's input, the black woman's input to anything that we do. So hopefully um, some of you queens out there listening will call in and give us your three cents this morning on this morning's topic, uh, which is a broad one. And I'm really looking and hoping hoping that anybody out there listening will call in and provide your three cents on this morning's discussion question. I'll go ahead and let it out the bag, which is simply what should be the top three priorities for the African-American community? What should be the top three priorities for the African-American community? You know, basically for us to advance and progress. These are things that we're constantly talking about, different things that we should focus on, uh, that we all have our own, you know, obviously our own thoughts and what we believe those things should be uh, that could be different for you as an individual, could be different for us as a collective. So hopefully I won't have to spend two hours uh, breaking down my thoughts, which I'm obviously going to give you my my top three, but I hope to hear what your top three might be uh, for our community. And I think things change as you, in a sense, enter new you know new times. 2021, uh, we've obviously had these uh, things have definitely changed for us with the you know in the middle of the pandemic as far as how we live. So I don't know if even the things that happened within the pandemic might even give thought to what those priorities could or should be compared to just a decade ago. 
or, or have we made certain advances? Have we had things in the past that were priorities that we've succeeded at? Or do we have maybe some priorities that need to be relooked at or changed or were we misguided in the past with certain priorities that we seem to take? And now, you know, did they play out bad or even play out well? Well, you know, let's talk about it from all spectrums, from the past all the way up into now. What should be the top three priorities for the African-American community? And so, again, I'm hoping y'all would jump in this thing with me. And give me your thoughts. Um, if you've never listened to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show before, I will share. Go ahead, and, because I do want your input. So I'm going to do something I don't normally do, which is give out the number to get in prior to the first break, which will be coming up here shortly. I'm going to go ahead and give that number out, because, again, I'm hoping you, the truth seekers, as I call out my listeners, will absolutely, hopefully, join me and give me your priorities and not just listen to my priorities. Because it's not that I necessarily know that I'm right. These are just the three that I think we should prioritize based on the current times. And you may, you know, in a sense, have a better three or something that, you know, people should hear. And maybe they can take something from what you suggest as a priority and maybe decide to use it inside their family and, in a sense, advance their family, um, if you will. Because I am a big believer in basically – picking up seeds along the way that you can take and use inside your family first and then the collective benefits as your family benefits. Um, A lot of things that we often look at or say that are problems in our community, a lot of times when we're saying that, we're saying it because we generally understand that some of these problems uh, collectively affect a lot of us, Uh, not necessarily all of us, no problem or or solution to provide can apply to all of us. But in general, the things that we see or issue or even when it comes to, in a sense, politics and how we're voting and what we should vote for and what our priorities should be, uh, obviously a lot of thoughts. And what we do on this show is we specialize in welcoming all of those um, thoughts. Because again, it's not so much that we have to collectively agree, but but within good dialogue versus debate where you're just trying to put your thoughts and yell your thoughts and and, and put what you think should be on others. Well, whereas when you have a good dialogue and you welcome all the various opinions, you can basically put together a good gumbo that comes out and tastes, you know, tastes well. And and everybody's taste buds are a little different, but as long as it tastes good, then it can benefit the entire collective. And again, in order to have a good gumbo put in, if if you will, um, um, quality, the better the gumbo is going to be better, the more quality you, you put. But a gumbo is made up of all type of ingredients, right? So the better the ingredients, the better the gumbo. And so, again, that's our approach to any of these dialogues, again, is to get everybody's input because, hey, I could take a little piece of that. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I don't. Um, but I do see how that could help me, if that makes sense. So um, the, the way we've, in a sense, carried on, discourse or or conversations now is a situation where it's almost like if you don't agree with what 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 I agree with or what we agree with then we're canceling you and so again what we specialize in when I say hard conversations on race sex and culture is because we're not canceling anyone we're welcoming that different train of thought because they're they're in that different train of thought even if We disagree with the premise, if you will, but the way that somebody gets to their premise, 
that could be the piece that actually benefits you because you took the time to listen. So I always highlight how we, in a sense, like to practice what I call the art of conversation. And basically it's consideration for what the other person is saying, even when you disagree. So just really just highlighting how we do things. Again, I'm in this thing solo, so I'm going to make this thing happen. I see you've got some people that want to offer their um top three priorities for our community. We are going to go to break before I open it up, before I let the cat the bag on what my three priorities are, what I think they should be, if if you will, for our community. But definitely looking forward to hearing what you, the callers, have to say about this discussion as well. This morning's discussion question, let's say it again before we go to break, is what should be the top three priorities for the African-American community? Looking forward from hearing from all the truth seekers out there. And make sure you also, I always forget to say this every Saturday, but you, if you're listening via the link, share the link on your social media. Let others know that they can get in on these discussions. That's the goal every Saturday morning is to welcome, again, as I said this already, a gumbo of opinions, because if you ask the right questions, you can get to the answers, not necessarily always collectively, but for the answers that you need in your life. And as I always say with mental dialogue, the answer is in the name itself, mental dialogue. If we can improve the conversation inside your own head, you will be better. Therefore, the collective is better. So our focus in, in a sense, having practicing collectiveness, if you will, comes from how we improve you based on what your needs are because they vary so different based on where you're at in life. And so I like to, in a sense, lose sight of this romanticized idea of all of us coming together in this broad way and everybody's on the same page and in the same mindset. I'm more concerned about finding the nuggets that each of us individually need to basically, uh, in a sense, have our needs met. Because once your needs are met, then you can thrive, if that makes sense. All right, so let's go to this first break, and I'll let y'all know my top three priorities and get the caller in as well. And hopefully more of you will call in. The number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646 787 one six nine one. You do have to press one to let us know you want to speak. Well, we got right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of Intelligent Radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Are you trying to figure out your next income stream? Maybe get into cryptocurrency, real estate, or maybe even start your own business. If so, contact the KG Hire Company to receive a professional consultation or strategy session to provide you the advice you need to get a jump start on your new venture. If it's a new business, there's nothing like having a business consultant review your finances, strategy, or marketing. If it's real estate, the KG Hire Company specializes in evaluating deals for profitability and securing special financing for creative real estate acquisitions. If it's cryptocurrency, then look no further than the KG Hire Company to master the components of blockchain technology and investing into cryptocurrency. Serving Atlanta since 2016, the KG Hire Company is an industry leader in customer experience and getting your money's worth. 
Contact them at kghyatt.com or 833-544-9288. Again, that's 833-544-9288. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. want to highlight our sponsor, KG Hyatt, especially when it comes to this show. If anything you heard in that commercial interests you and you think – you know, whether it be it, um, uh, real estate, I've heard people even say cryptocurrency is a, uh, a great opportunity for African-Americans in 2021. And so uh, I will tell you that brother over there is definitely helping people and showing people how to, quote, unquote, get to the bag. And maybe some if those are your priorities, I definitely suggest that you hit up kghyatt.com um, and get a consultation today. But this morning's discussion question, what should be the top three priorities for the African-American community? Got a caller that wants to get in. And I think what I'll do, instead of saying all three of them off the top, I'll, you know, kind of say one and explore it and things of that nature. Uh, but because I want y'all to get in and encourage y'all to get in, I actually think I'll kind of keep y'all waiting a little longer and go to the caller and hear what they have to say before I even start letting y'all know what my top three priorities for our community, what I think they are. So let's actually start with one of the callers who got in earlier. Area code 470-LAST3528. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Area code 470-LAST3528. You're live on the air. Um, Yes, I can hear you live on the air. Are you trying to get in on this morning on this morning's discussion? Yes, this is Connie from Soul Business Brandon. How you doing? Hey, how you doing, Queen? How you doing? Where are you calling us from? Where you where, where area you calling us from? I, I missed what you said. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, um, I'm um, Midtown Atlanta. Okay, um, sounds good. What you got for us this morning on the top three parties for the African American community? Glad to have you on this morning. Queen. Oh my God, um, that's such a broad. Uh, it's it's so many things, but the first thing that stands out to me is building a legacy of wealth um, in your home, starting with your children. Um, the top, well, I will start with communication. Communication is so broken in the African-American community as far as with the children and the parents. You know, we got technology, and a lot of times we just, spend way too much time. We need to go back to our roots where we actually had family time and sit down and communicate with our children. They go through so much, and especially with the pandemic and how it has shut us down and cut off a lot of things, like we need to communicate more with our children. Um, And also education. Education is not just for the certified we need to get involved with our children when it comes to their education. We need to set time apart, story time, uh, read a book. I remember when my daughter was little, um, Thursdays was library day. And I know due to COVID, a lot of things are shut down and we can't do that. But you can have your own library at your home. Um, I also want to – I got so many things going through my head. I want to touch on all of them. But, no, I got um, you. And give us give us also, one more because I want to I want to I want to touch the bases on some of the, the first two that you said, but go ahead and give us one more because I get, I understand yeah there's a lot I always said that's why I said the top three what do you think are the top three because again yeah I mean even doing the these three are not going to be 
everything, right? But what are the ones you think as a collective, if you will, or more people should be focused on? What would you say you said on uh, the first and one was communication? I'm sorry. What? Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Communication. Please. Communication. Um, education. Mm-hmm. And when I talk, when I say building a legacy of wealth, teaching your children and just a family as a whole, understanding uh, the importance of finances. Mm-hmm. When I was a child, my dad, I was five years old, I'll never forget, my dad took me to the bank and opened a savings account in my name, and he put $5 in there. And I was to manage these $5. And every week I wanted to go to the bank. I want to get a quarter out. I want to, you know, that was big money to us. I can get 25 cents mm-hmm. a quarter. So right. I wanted I wanted to uh, take money out, and my dad would tell me, if you take all of your money out, you're not going to have anything in your savings. So he was trying to teach me, which he didn't have all the knowledge, but he, he, he was, you know, putting his mm-hmm. earnest effort forward. He was trying to teach me the value of a dollar. And even with all the stimulus money that we've gotten, um. I was just talking to someone because I'm a branding consultant, and I was telling them, with all that money that you got, what did you take to put into your business or put into your home? Or did you just go buy another TV that you did not need? Did you go buy a wardrobe and you have nowhere to go because we really don't have nowhere to go? You know what I'm saying? What did you do with that money? And when I was working, and I'm going to be real quick, when I was working for this brokerage firm, I had an Arcasian woman Tell me, and I thank God that she did say this to me. Now, you, I could have been offended about it or I could have took it in a positive way. I took it as meat for the soul because she told me, you know, for Christmas, you guys, and she said it just like that. She said, you guys buy your children all these clothes and gadgets and stuff that they grow out of, and you spend over 1000 to $5,000. She said, for Christmas every year, I buy my kids a CD in their name that don't, does not mature until 10 years, and I buy them books, and I buy them one outfit and one toy. She said, but I take $1,000 and buy a CD. So by the time they get ready to go to college, they don't have to take out any loans. They don't have Love. to uh, be in debt. They can go to medical school without taking loans because by the time teens, they're already a millionaire based off of the CDs and stocks and bonds and mutual bonds that I didn't bought them. When I tell you that thing knocked me out, I said, oh, my God. She's so right. So let me ask you this real quick, so Tony, because I want to get in. So I want to ask you a couple of things. Again, I want to, and I want to touch bases on your number one priority. So, um, and being knocked out, not you know, you say knocked you out your socks. So have you taken that? And I don't know how old your children were by the time children were by the time you heard that. But have you been able to implement some version of that for your possible? If you have children, I don't. I think you mentioned that you have children. So were you able to implement that, have, or were your children already older by the time you heard that? Just wondering. I have one daughter, and um, she's uh, she just turned thirty two. Um, okay. At that time, she was a teenager. Um, okay. And then I'm going to talk about uh, how procrastination will cause us 
to miss out. Oh, Con- Con- um, I got some other callers, so I was just asking, yeah, were you able to implement it? And I wanted to, you know, I'm going to get okay. to the other callers. Okay. Yep, yep. Okay. So the other thing right. that I wanted I know to do. I'm, no, no, I'm, you I'm good, sorry. You good, okay, no, you real good, quick, I did. I'm sorry. Quinn. Real quick, I did. I um, okay. I did. I went on and got a um, money market account. I put two hundred dollars in there, and I just let the dividends roll over. Nice. Well, now nah, that's actually cool and smart that you were exposed to that. Because here's the reality, Kiana. Even in you saying that, it's knocked your socks off. So even with you having this priority, it became your priority because you got the seed. So sometimes, and that's what I was saying at the very beginning of the show. That's why I want to do this dialogue. People may get seeds that they can use in their family. And then I love the communication yeah. aspect. I do hate, and in, in, in general, uh, with our microwave society and the fact that we are attached to these phones, families, in a sense, still, are, in, in, from what I'm understanding in the families that I know, we don't at least sit down and do that dinner once or twice a week, something that used to be common practice. Yeah. And I definitely recommend and agree with you. That families could prioritize at least at least one to two sit down. Um, everybody's you know moving in different directions and doing what they need to do. But at the same time, if you can just sit down, and that's a great time to communicate, figure out what's going on with your children because it is a different world. It's tough out here for these parents because, in the sense that, um, as much you know, we I'm 47, so as I was raised in some level of technology, but we've never had a situation where our children were constantly attached to the opportunity to yeah. learn or waste time, if you will, with the phone. That's a very different world for children. So I love that. Number one, communication as being one of the priorities that you recommend. So appreciate you for the call. You can actually get back in if you choose to. You just have to come off the one and back on the one to get on. For anybody out there online, um, you have to press one to let us know that you want to speak. If you're online, the number to get in is 646 787 one six nine one. Definitely appreciate Connie and her call. So I'll go ahead and let the cat out of the bag on one of my priorities. Again, I will definitely. Again, I got to kill two hours and no co-host today, and so hopefully I can pull this thing off. But again, I typically like to have uh, one of. Uh, matter of fact, let me highlight this real quick before I tell y'all number one. Uh, one of my queens of intellect, Deja Robinson. Let me highlight her and shout her out because she has been amazing the last couple of weeks preparing me. Really, even for this moment, I started a new video podcast on Wednesday nights called Just My Three Cents. I'll tell you all more about it later, but she let, basically walked me through how to use the platform that I'm that I'm using. And so we've had a couple of episodes. So, again, I'll tell you all more about that later. And uh, basically, she gave me the confidence that hey, you can have the shows on your own, which I hate doing. I've been doing this six years, my first two and a half years. Shout out to my uh, first co-host. Christy Gaynell on on this run. I've had other co-hosts in the past when I was on when I was on other radio shows, but Christy held me down for over, almost two and a half years. And since that time, as I mentioned at the very beginning, I'll have a collective of queens that kind of backed me up on the shows. And this week just didn't work out. I promise you, I was calling them about 10 a.m. last night trying to find one, and I realized, okay, you're on your own today. So anyway, I want to shout out the agent for giving me the confidence to tell, to let me know I can handle this show by myself, even though it ain't what I like to do. So again, thank you, um, Connie, for getting in. I definitely hope I get more callers. But anyway, to tell y'all the top three priorities, my first one that I think is um, definitely should be a priority for our community is a hashtag that I quite often use. I've been using it for years, and it was marriage before children. Now, in the last year, I've added added something to that actual hashtag is healthy marriage before children. Hashtag healthy marriage before children. I still think that, in my opinion, is the number one 
priority for our community, or in my again, in my opinion, should be. And let's peel that back again. Please get in here and you know give me your thoughts on it as well. But healthy marriage before children, and let me speak to adding the healthy. So. I've been using that hashtag for at least eight years, maybe even longer. I've even done, um, you can go to the Mental Dialogue YouTube page and scroll down and you'll see me with different videos talking about marriage before children, if you will, and why, why I think it needs to be a priority. So I've been talking about this for a long time and, and I ended up adding healthy marriage because while from day one, when I had the concept of putting together the hashtag, right, from day one, I always was thinking of healthy marriages. But when I would do dialogues, whether it be shows, uh, for those who are in the Atlanta area, you know we have li- the live experience we did for a lot of years. We've, do- we've done one since the pandemic, looking to bring one back in October. But, you know, we'll talk about that later as well. But in those live experiences, when we would bring up those topics, I realized that people would, in a sense, attack just the marriage end of it, like in the marriage end of it from the standpoint of um, how people see marriage today. Or, or they did they thought that because this is something that I was pushing, that I was just saying get married no matter what and stay together for children no matter what, as if I didn't understand or want, care about what the marriage looked like. And so I added healthy marriage before children because that's what I've always, the concept I've always had in my head, but the dialogue might not even get to the aspect of being married um, before children or the priority of the children because people would bog down on what marriage looks like to, looks like today and thought that I was just promoting any type of marriage and that people should stay no matter what, which has never been the case. And so by adding the healthy marriage before children, it it qualms getting stuck on the marriage portion. But anyway, let's make it fit into today's discussion. What should be the top top three priorities for the African-American community? I've always said for all of the priorities that, and, I'll, and I'm going to say this, no matter what y'all call and, and say, again, this is just my perspective. You don't have to agree with it. But what I'll say is whatever we've said that the priorities should be or whatever y'all might call it and say the priorities need to be the day for us, whatever you think they might be, I've always said while a lot of the priorities that people have focused on or we've talked about as a collective, while I agree with this financial literacy, that's one that always gets talked about that Connie said, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of financial literacy you know, being spread throughout our community. Uh, I, I mentioned in the promotions for this show that, for example, people are always talking about entrepreneurship and business. Again, it's a priority that I highly agree with. However, for those priorities to be ultimately successful, in my opinion, for our collective, is I'll say all those priorities are all for naught if we don't fix the basic relationship between the black man and the black woman. And that is the basic because, in a sense, curing that relationship allows for what I consider to be still necessary as our number one priority, healthy marriage before children. And so you can't get to healthy marriages with the dysfunctional um, with, with dysfunctional people, if you will. And 
we all we've done countless shows about in a sense where some of the dysfunction comes from and i'm not saying all black people are dysfunctional don't don't there's nothing i'm saying applies to all we're just speaking in general i always like to highlight that when people are generalizing and saying black people this or black people that nobody you, sh- you shouldn't hear it in the extreme as if that person is saying all typically hardly anybody means all unless they say all and so I, I highlight just being able to generalize so that the dialogue doesn't get bogged down on the exceptions or those who don't fit into the generalization. And so anyway, as I highlight, again, dysfunction, again, not that all of us are dysfunctional. However, our African-American black experience, if you will, quite often carries for a lot of us, some degrees of dysfunction. And so in order to enter into a healthy marriage, the more that we deal with that prior to going into a marriage, the better chance we have of having a healthy marriage. And again, the whole hashtag is healthy marriage before children. Um, No need really to highlight the number that we always hear. 73% of our children in the black African-American community are born out of wedlock, right? And so, there's so much that comes from that, and um, I'm not putting up that stat just to, in a sense, um, stereotype us or speak negatively in general. But however, hardly anybody disagrees with the impact of having a good family structure to parents who do prioritize their children and stay together to, at a, at a minimum, see those, you know, in a sense, raise those children to, if nothing else, to be good stewards and good citizens uh, to to one another, but when it's done correctly, also with the family name in mind. And so when you connect the family name in mind and you've, you're, you've had the input of uh, you know, the father, the input of the mother, the, hardly anybody can disagree that when that's done right, that's typically going to be the best scenario for children to go forward. And so for all of the other things that we teach, the other aspect of the healthy marriage before children, if we start getting into the financial literacy, getting into the generational wealth, just getting into um, ensuring dysfunction is not what we continue to pass down, then a healthy family structure ensures the next generation receives the best of those things, typically more so than any other structure does. And the numbers bear out that way. So that's why I prioritize that. We all begin to break. I see a lot of callers out there. Keep in mind for the callers, you do have to press one to let you know, let me know you want to speak because I do want to hear your thoughts on what I have to say. And I definitely want to hear what y'all think the top three priorities should be. So we'll be right back. You're listening to the Vista Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Oh, how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, 
pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still know it's me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, what should be the top three priorities for the African-American community? Definitely looking forward to hearing your thoughts on what those top three priorities should be. I see some callers out there. Hope y'all are listening closely. You do have to press one to let me know if you want to give your three cents on this morning's discussion question. If you're online, the number to get in is 646 787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. We want to highlight our sponsor, moneymotivation.com. I always encourage you to buy black whenever possible. I call it Revolutionary Act to buy black. So definitely go to moneymotivation.com and support our sponsor. They're part of the reason we have been able to bring the Mental Dialogue Talk Show to you. They've been a longtime sponsor for the past six years. So thank them for their support and encourage you to buy black. Um, it's not a top three priority of mine today in today's discussion, but it's definitely something I still recommend that we prioritize. So support those who support the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, if you believe in, as I call us, the return of intelligent radio. So I highlighted my number one priority, and I'll highlight it again. Healthy marriage before children. Healthy marriage before children. I use it as a hashtag. I think, again, for all of the things that we will bring to the table, that there are so much that can basically, by having intact families, we can, to a degree, uh, whatever priorities we say we need, whatever you suggest in, in my priority, number two or three, they all basically, there's exponential benefit for whatever we offer if we're doing it inside of a family structure and encouraging and allowing our children to see, hey, we that we stay dedicated, we stayed intact. They learn that same concept, if you will, right? And then it continues generational. Like a lot of times we talk about generational wealth, and the easiest way to, quote, unquote, pass down generational wealth is through intact families. When I think about this, and again, I'm just kind of going further in my priority number one before I go into priority number two, um, something that I think about quite often um, in today's time because uh, people will offer, and again, you don't have to agree with my opinion, but people will offer in today's time, they don't necessarily know uh, how Marriage sometimes is necessary, if you will, or what often gets said for us as African-Americans that, the, in a sense, the European construct of marriage doesn't fit us very well. Again, we've had plenty of dialogues. Uh, but anyway, with those thoughts, they'll say, well, is it really necessary? Can I not do these things, in a sense, without, in a sense, being married? And the reality is humans will figure out how to do a lot of things uh, despite um, the circumstances, and that's a, actually a good thing about humans. We we are resilient, and we will figure it out. Here's the reality: even if you figure it out, in if we if we can a sense if we agree that an intact family structure is best, if that is not your circumstances, that doesn't mean you won't make it or you won't be okay. We highlight all of those who make it without that circumstance, right? We quite often highlight them, but part of the reason we typically highlight them is because when we hear their stories, 
they, the things they quite often had to overcome without that ideal structure is why we're like, wow, you made it despite that. That's why we quite often say that. And the reason we're saying despite that is because ideally, and this is what I think we, in a sense, all want, especially if you, um, you know, have children, is you you want to set your children up for the most part to, if you if we use the word easier, but it's not simply just having it easier. It's based on building the ideal. I the ideal is to build on what you built, so they can, in a sense, take that and further it. And so, basically, by having the family structure that. Each generation should elevate, should elevate in all areas, not just financially. Generational wealth includes all type of things. It's not just the money, if you will. And so the idea is for the next generation to build on, you know, even every generation has to sacrifice a little something in order for the next generation to go further, if you will. So I understand that it's easy to understand that ideally this is what we all want, right? And so if we have more of our community in the ideal situation, then it elevates the entire culture. Again, doesn't mean that you have to be in the ideal situation to succeed, but here's something that we typically don't like to talk about when we have this discussion about healthy marriage before children. So um, people like to shoot to those who are successful without that situation. Not a problem. But we usually don't talk about all the people, all the collateral damage and those who fall to the wayside who are not able, who don't figure out how to navigate outside of that ideal situation. So when we t- think about our community as a collective and, for example, of the, the, now sticking to the money aspect of it, being poor and, uh, and the number of people in the community that are poor, uh, stats and the stats based on family structure, again, doesn't mean you can't succeed outside of the ideal family structure, but when you start seeing that there are there's a, a lot of um, dysfunction coming out of uh, other type family structures more so than two family homes because a two family home can be fucked up too. Like people love to highlight that. Just because you come from a two family two family home, don't mean you're going to be okay. You're right. But if I compare the number of people that are that in a sense, when you start looking at um, the basically the finances, which you know we were talking about the wealth, but when you start looking at uh, mental health of people. Um, basically, um, there's so many things that you can see that the reality is when you actually make an apples-to-apples comparison, because a lot of times when we're even having the dialogue of healthy marriage before children, people like to make what I call an apple-to-oranges comparison. So they highlight the two-family homes that are messed up and compare them to the successful single-parent homes that are, and, and that's not an apple-to-apple comparison. That's, again, people can succeed in any family structures. Uh, Apple to apple comparison is, okay, let's compare these single-family homes with these successful two-parent homes and make comparisons in that that degree. And then let's compare these dysfunctional two-parent homes compared to the dysfunctional single-parent homes. Then when you do an apple to apple comparison, then there becomes no comparison. Because the reality of when you you hear these stats of nine times more likely to go to pr- prison, and uh, when you and and not not just 
saying that the stat stands for itself, you can literally go to the prisons and say, okay, how many of you come from this type of home and come from that type of home? And that's where they're getting the numbers from. The numbers play out in reality. It's not just somebody doctoring up the numbers. And so uh, when you see uh, mental health issues, when you see um, struggling through in education issues, so when you start making a true apples to apples to comparison, it becomes a no-brainer that there's a huge difference, even uh, to come even things that we don't like to talk about, like child abuse and things of that nature. And so while, again, you can be abused in a two-parent home, while that is true, the numbers play out that most abuse is coming from situations where it's, uh, 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 like, for example, if you just compare actual, let's say, let's, let, me, let me give you a further example of an apples-to-apples comparison, again, with this being priority number one. You, so if you take married biological children versus married and stepfather situations. You can do the comparison and the abuse in stepfather and stepmother situations are still much worse than intact biological parents. Again, biological parents can abuse their children. That is understood. But again, when we try to have these dialogues, it's like we spend time talking about all of the bad two-parent homes as Without again, that becomes an apples to oranges. If you try, you apply the best of another scenario to the worst of another, another scenario, that's not a fair comparison. But again, just biological parents to step parent situations, you see way more abuse. So you can imagine. Let's scale this out. So now it's not married and step parents, but if you go um, to live-in parents, when you look at those numbers, it scales out much higher. Then you get to situations where live-in boyfriends, live-in girlfriends, that scales out much worse for those children. So when you make the apples-to-apples comparison, I highlight and wanted to spend a segment pushing priority number one being healthy marriage before children. Because even when the two parents, in a sense, fail, if one of the parents fails at some aspect, there's another parent who cares about this child and picks up the slack. That's the beauty of doing it together versus other family scenarios. And, you know, you don't always have that. Yes, it takes a village, but it's much easier to have a village when if our culture prioritize healthy marriage before children, because the ultimate benefit has to be for the children. It's not simply healthy marriage. It's healthy marriage before children, because when we understand the foundation of what marriage has meant historically, it has included two things, passing down the wealth, and who are you passing down the wealth to? To the children. So ultimately, Getting married for the children should be a priority. That's why we would like to have this thing as healthy as we possibly can before we have the children. And so what happens is in that type of collective, in that type of community, you build, you now by accident have village again versus being the single parent living in the city, figuring out who can I trust to watch my kids. It becomes quite comfortable, right, to um, trust a man and woman who have children over other single parents, if you will. Again, just highlighting that village naturally comes from focusing on healthy marriage before children. So that's priority one. Uh, in a nutshell, we're going to go to another break, and I'll get into my priority number two. I'm hoping some of you callers would like to get in. If you're just listening, no problem. But if you would like to give me your thoughts 
on the top three priorities for the African-American community, please press one and give us your three cents on this morning's discussion. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. You don't have to agree with me. That's what we do on the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. If you disagree with the things that I'm saying for what should be priority, again, I'm just kind of letting them out the bag slowly. Um, the first one, again, being healthy marriage before children with the ultimate goal of raising the culture. That's my highlighting my new show every Wednesday night, which is a live video show via Facebook Live called Just My Three Cents. And our goal on that show is to raise the culture. And so hopefully today's discussion, what should be the top three priorities for the African-American community, we can get ideas not, not only listen to my ideas, but get ideas from you as the truth seekers to point out the parties that you think we need. Somebody may pick up that seed, use it in their family, and again, just by having the dialogue, we raise the culture together again. So hopefully that makes sense. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. All I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478 781 Four eight six zero. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, what should be the top three priorities for the African-American community? I see some callers out there. Hope you're listening closely. You have to press one if you're trying to get in on this discussion. If you're just listening via the phone, no problem. Again, the online listeners, the number to get in is 646-87-1691. Press one to let us know you want to speak. So, I've given out one of my top priorities, healthy marriage before children. All right. The second priority that I would recommend that we should focus on as an African-American community is life insurance. Again, you don't have to agree with me. But, again, I think these should be top three priorities, healthy marriage before children. It's been a whole segment giving you my thoughts on how that can be helpful to our community. But number two, life insurance. Um, you know, sad enough to see we lost some some people, celebrities. Again, you know, I'm just highlight the celebrities because, uh, you know, they're celebrities. We know of them. And so sometimes we hear their stories. And so, you know, sad enough to see losing our A.J. Johnson this week and the family, from what I understand, putting up the GoFundMe um, for to help. Uh, um, you know, and I didn't look into the details of it, but I definitely saw uh, some of my friends in the insurance industry, you know, in a sense, taking the moment to say, hey, don't end up this way. Um, I agree with that 100 um, percent. But I want to highlight when I say top three priorities, not simply to have enough insurance to bury someone. You know, obviously, it's pretty sad when we see that situation. Somebody, someone lose themselves, and they're in a sense as a GoFundMe to, to, if you will, to to bury them. But I'm not talking about life insurance 
strictly for burial purposes. I'm talking about all of the aspects of life insurance that quite often uh, our community to a degree can still be unaware of. Um, I, I have, um, I'm, part of the Society of Black Agents, and they are a group, a collective of insurance agents who are committed to not only getting our community life insurance, but getting involved in the community to ensure that people are educated on all of the various options within life insurance. And I will tell you, if you're not familiar with how, how life insurance can scale and bring about generational wealth. There's a lot to learn, and it's much more than just being buried, having enough insurance to bury someone and ensure that there are no leftover bills. There's much more we can do. I got one of the callers that wants to get in, so I'll go a little deeper into it, but let's see what our caller has to say. Area code 407, last three, 400. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hi, Montoya. It's Ashley. Um, so I, I definitely agree with um, healthy marriages before kids. Um, I would say that I would switch to number two being estate planning in general and not necessarily focusing on life insurance as a whole. Um, life insurance is a huge component. Um, but when you're talking about estate planning, you're also talking about beneficiaries. You're also talking about those conversations about what's going to happen in the event that you're not there, right? Like, how mm -hmm. are we going to be investing our money to meet these goals? Um, and I would say, like, the third priority needs to be mental health, um, mental health for ourselves and for our others, um, and really doing the work and creating the awareness around who we are. So much of what we experience is our social conditioning. Um, we have so many things that we experience as a result of other people's traumas, our parents, our grandparents, right? And so all of what we know has been what we've been taught or what we've seen. And until we create a space where we can clearly see ourselves see the role that we play in situations and see what other people are projecting, what their traumas are, um, what their patterns are, we can't move to the next level um, and really have those healthy relationships and have those healthy marriages because we have not gotten to the core of who we are. So those, those are my little gems. I love them. Um, and as and Ashley, for those of you know, let me highlight this real quick. Ashley is one of our queens of intellect, and this is why I like to have a black woman on the show. Let me highlight this in this very moment. So <laughs> what happens is this queen calls in, breaks down her three. Now I want to change mine. I don't even want to tell y'all mine anymore. You feel me? Like, like let's keep it in the book. Like I, I just simply said life insurance, and the queen comes in and is like, well, I'm gonna tell you, you're going down the right direction, but let's call that estate planning, which definitely is more. Um, you know, actually accomplishes more than what just life insurance would. And so I absolutely would, would agree with that concept and said, you know, I'm like, why didn't I say it that way? Because that's ultimately what I'm talking about. You know, there's, there's absolutely still specific aspects of life insurance that we could and still need to learn about. And I'm going to go into some of those, you know, if you will, because there's, again, there are specific things and specific ways we can lose 
we can use life insurance to help with that overall estate. So I still would like to highlight life insurance within it, but you're right. Estate planning is, in a sense, the bigger priority. So I definitely love that aspect. And then I will still say my third priority just to make a show, if you will, but you're right. um, I would actually prioritize it in front of my third priority, which I'm still not going to say yet. um, (laughs) I would would definitely focus on mental health. Um, Speaking of that, just to highlight this, and you are in the Atlanta area right I am just so you know, and hopefully you can come out to, um, you know, come out to the uh, the event. But we're trying to, I'm trying to do an event in coordination with just highlight me, um, highlight your lemonades. We're coming together, trying to put together a uh, to health event here in the Atlanta area for October. So I know people are still getting adjusted to coming outside and big events and things of that nature. So I haven't been doing the monthly events, but we did a couple of months ago and. Um, and a live experience a couple of months ago. So the next live experience will prioritize your number three priority just to let you know that. And I know that's something that's near and dear to you. So hopefully, um, you, you know, we can have you come, come out as well. And then, you know, Mike, I'm going to put you on the spot on the ad. Maybe you sponsor, <laughs> help sponsor the event as well. <laughs> okay. So that's all good, Queen. Uh, but yeah. And um, how much time you got? Cause you know, you know me, I really rather rock with you than rock. Rock by myself, but you know, you, you definitely. Oh, well, uh, just so you people... know, I, I'm going to get my toes done at 12:30, so I got I got some time. Okay, so I'm gonna keep you on, so we can go back and forth about this thing. And matter of fact, because of what you do in your background, even me sharing the details of life insurance that I want to share again, as I kind of delve into what I consider priority number two. Um, and again, I now I do agree. I would say state planning even versus what I said. But as I delve within the life insurance, I know you'll be able to correct me if I say something that's not specific to um, again. And just to highlight, um, Ashley, if you will, tell them what you do so they understand why one I'm keeping you on, especially when it comes to this money stuff, because I'm saying stuff I've learned from people like you, and I'm saying it in general where that's more of your background. So if you don't mind, Queen, just share a little bit of your background real quick so they understand when you're, maybe if you correct me or add to it, they understand where you're coming from, whereas, again, I'm just generalizing for having learned from people like you. So if you will, Queen, yeah, tell them, tell them who you are as I keep you on for a little while. Yeah, so uh, in my personal business, I am a personal finance coach. Um, A lot of what I do now is expanding, you know, into how are you spending your money and why. A lot of times people don't understand budgeting and all of those concepts, but it's bigger than that, right? Like the decisions that we make with our money are based on our emotions and how we're feeling. This is why people are trying to keep up with the Joneses or why someone might be eating out a lot. You think it's just eating out, but they might be an emotional eater. So what I do is about uncovering these patterns and things that are going on with your life. And it's bigger than you just need a budget. It's about um, are you taking care of your body and knowing what procedures or things that you need to have happen. So when you're selecting health insurance, it's not just about I need to select health insurance. It's about my doctor told me this is a concern. I need to be mindful that this will be an expense in the future. Am I selecting the health insurance that works best for me? Or it could be like my job offers an HSA and, you know, I'm thinking about getting that. Your HSA is a pre-tax deduction that 
reduces your taxes and allows you to purchase things for a cheaper price because you're not having to use after-tax money for that. So that's what I do. Those are the conversations that I have in my nine to five. I am a client service manager for institutional 401k plans. So I make sure that 401ks, 403bs, 457s, they're set up correctly, they're running correctly. But a lot of my passion goes back to my business and having those conversations about life insurance and beneficiaries and having your health directive on file, checking your Social Security statements, making sure that you know all of the ways that your finances are impacting your life. Now, excellent. So, again, wanted people to hear that background because as I continue down priority number two, I know again that you you know you'll be able to not only add value, but in the event that I make a mistake, um, I know because I like to give people the correct information. So I'm glad to have you on. You know before you go get your before you get your go get your t- toes did. I feel you, Queen. You got to stay <laughs> stay sharp out here uh, uh, in the in the 2021. Even though we can't go nowhere, so I don't know how you getting your toes did. And I'm messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> you getting it done for yourself. You ain't doing it for us, all right? Yeah. No, you doing it. You know, it. you're supposed to be doing that for us. That's your problem. <laughs> we not even gonna go there, no sir. Yeah. No. You can't mm-hmm. get to a healthy marriage if you ain't trying to do it right. Do it for us. Every, hey, everything oh, us Lord. men do. Everything us men do is to impress y'all. We don't even front about it. Oh, okay. I'm I'm glad to know that's the narrative we're going with right now. <laughs> exactly. That's the narrative we need to go with. Y'all out here doing everything for yourself. <laughs> let me stop. Uh, let me let me let me get back on point. Let Somebody's me get back gonna on get point. confused. Yeah, Somebody's let me get back on point. <laughs> so as I delve into again, I do um let's delve into the life insurance. And again, this is as you said, a how do we apply it to estate planning? So here's a concept mm-hmm. uh, to highlight. I learned from Harvey Macklin, one of our longtime financial advisors that's helped the community, the Mississippi Dollar Community Club out for years. Uh, he was the first one to kind of expose me to this concept, and he got exposed to it by one of his mentors going into life insurance. And so he often prioritizes this. And even what I'm about to say, every scenario doesn't mean that everybody is in a situation to do it exactly as this. Exactly. But, I, but what I want to say is these these different life insurance products exist. And so if you don't even know they exist, then you can't even strive for what I'm for for example what I'm about to say. And so right. um his mentor as he was coming to the life insurance was an Asian guy or whatever, brother. But um he had, he had an Asian mentor and um similar to what one of our callers said earlier, she had had an Asian lady gave her some gems that she used for her family. But as he was navigating the insurance world, um, his mentor explained that sometimes when various Asian groups would immigrate to the Americas, one of the things that they prioritized within their family was life insurance. And the way they prioritized it, so let's say, for example, you know, and this is maybe a stereotype to a degree, but let's say this family has a restaurant, right? Let's say, you know, when you use the typical things we talk, think about, like a Chinese restaurant, right? And so what he what he explained to Harvey was that family, you know, will work hard to build up the restaurant and make as much money as they, if you will, as they can from that restaurant business. But when they, but the way that they would prioritize life insurance was they would sacrifice the first generation that's moving here if they're looking to bring other people here, if that's their goal, right? So the first generation would sacrifice some of their current luxuries to to pay for more expensive life insurance. 
because yes. it's because it, because it was a priority for them, they would say, okay, we are making money from the restaurant, uh, but 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 instead of using it to, in a sense, get a a benefit or what's the immediate gratification with this money today, we're gonna buy very. They would shoot on buying very expensive life insurance because their uh-huh. thought was, their thought is, it their they wanted their death to be a complete full benefit to their children. And so, hey, one, you know, we're going to die anyway, so we're going to sacrifice in this generation to do a million-dollar policy, to have a $2 million policy. Or if it's yeah. a large, if it's a, a number of them coming over, they may all input to have a $4 million, $5 million policy. And mm-hmm. in their lifetime, they would have they got a restaurant they're leaving, if you will, but they want their children to start out as, you know, having way more money than they ever had, and they commit, they they come up with that concept through life insurance. We are at the top of the hour, so I definitely want to hear your thoughts uh, when we come back from this initial quick break. Uh, for the new listeners that just got in, if you want to get in on this morning's discussion, please press one. But I want to further explore this life insurance thing and how what type of policies they they are compared compared to the life insurance that in a sense just just bury you because there are a great great difference between those two and I want people to hear that from Ashley our financial advisor or expert on the show with us for this moment so again thank you for being with us we'll be right back we're all ask that you think Advisors helping out the community. He said, "Hey, once I learned that, he stayed committed 
to teaching our community about the type of life insurance that allows them to really functionally create generational wealth at the first generation's death. That sounds maybe weird if you don't understand it as a culture, but for cultures that do, they prioritize life insurance knowing that that's a huge benefit and a groundswell of money that can come to them generationally if they sacrifice to do so. Your thoughts in hearing that concept, um, Ashley? Again, I know you know all about it, but, you know, in a sense, introducing it to our community to think more about it in that manner. Your thoughts, Queen? Yeah, so I I feel like it really comes down to that we have not seen um, how that can be beneficial, a lot of us. Um, In my personal experience, uh, my grandmother passed away. She had a policy. It lapsed. It was only like $27,000. It wasn't a lot, you know, but when you talk about final expenses to prepare for her body and then giving that money according to her will, like that's it. Like money went to her kids. Money went to cover her expenses, and that was it. All the money is gone. Um, Life insurance is such an amazing vehicle because what it does is you are determining how much money you want to leave for other people, right? And so um, when you have children, when you have a spouse, you have to be considering the weight that you pull in those relationships or situations so that you can determine, like, hey, if I pass away right now, my child is 10 years old, like they're going to miss out on, you know, if if the conversation you've had with your child is they want to go to college, um, you know, you're missing out on eight years of financial support that that child will not have. So whatever money you make right now, you need to make sure that your child has it for at least the next eight years, right? And then you have to consider what financial support is your spouse receiving or your partner, whoever it is. If, if you have a parent that you're also taking care of, what type of support are they receiving from you and keeping those numbers into account? Because what life insurance is doing, you are paying um, for that money to be paid out to your beneficiaries, the recipients, who's going to receive it. So if you purchase a $1 million policy that they will receive tax-free, you are essentially setting them up to not even have to worry about half of the things that you worried about when you were in college or something like that or when you started working because you are receiving that money. Like how much would you change your your child's life, your partner's life, your friend's life, um, a family member, your parent, how much would their life change if you were able to give them tax-free the money that they relied on or the money that you just wanted to give them without any concerns? And, And that's what life insurance does. It makes sure that you are continuing to provide the support that you're doing right now to the people that matter most to you, or even to the organizations, right? Because you can leave life insurance proceeds um, to charitable organizations or companies and things like that. So it just gives you the ability to have people coming after you start at a better position than you did. And life insurance is very flexible. Um, the, The most common things that you'll hear about are term versus whole life. And term is exactly what it means. You are buying life insurance for a set amount of time. So for transparency on my end, I have a 20-year, I think it's a 20-year term life policy. And I have a writer on my policy, uh, something in the background that says, I can convert my policy to a whole life policy within the first 10 years. 
And so what my term policy does is it says, I'm going to have X amount of dollars that get paid out if I pass in these 20 years. I did it that way because I kind of thought about my age and where I'm at, when I'll be coming up Mm -hmm. to retirement. You know, like those are the considerations you have to make. It's term because it's generally more affordable because you're not having it for your whole life, which whole life, that's what it means, right? Um, You are Mm -hmm. going to pay this premium until the day that you die so that that policy is available. Whereas after those 20 years, if I don't convert my policy to a whole life policy, I won't have life insurance after those 20 years, but it's more affordable. So when I looked at a whole life policy, they were talking about $3,500 a year for me to pay. And I was like, oh, my budget can't afford that. But my term life policy is $547 for the year. I can handle that financially. And so now I have my mom and my cousins as beneficiaries. I want to buy a home in the future. So I've been thinking about how much is the home that I want to purchase? How much do I need my life insurance to cover? I'm going to have property taxes for as long as I have that property, right? These are all considerations you have to be making about that insurance policy. Who do you want it to protect? And, like, how much protection are they going to need? And if you have a home, if you have a car, and you're not thinking about what it will cost for someone that you love to come in and take care of those things, you're doing a disservice to them. Right? And like you have the ability to set up protection so that your home is paid off, so that it can be a generational asset. Right? Now you don't have a cousin or a sister or a brother worrying about how they're going to pay for rent expenses because your home is paid off and the proceeds from your life insurance are going to continue to pay the property taxes. Whereas Whole life insurance is a whole nother opportunity. You still get the protection for your entire life as long as you pay those premiums, but whole life insurance builds cash value. So while your policy, let's say, might be for $100,000, at some point the amount that you're paying for that insurance is going to start generating um, earnings, right? You can kind of, it's, it's making money for you, and you can start taking that money out of the policy. That's why so many people like whole life insurance, but you have to weigh financially, does whole life work or not? But the ability to be able to give people a lump sum of money tax-free, what happens if you if your child is 18 and you pass away and now they're about to go into college? Most people, on average, their credit, the um, their debt from college is about thirty thousand some odd dollars, and that's something that you're supposed to be paying off for ten years, you know, in order for it to be within the time period for the payments that they give. Or you could be on an income plan, and they don't forgive your balance until after twenty five years. Do you really want your child to be paying on student loans for twenty five years when you could have a life insurance policy for? 500000 or 200000 or 100000 that would outright cover their expenses for college and still give them money for a down payment for a property or to be able to buy a car, or that's what life insurance does. And when you talk about um, a larger policy, $1 million or $4 million, how differently would your life be, the rest of your family's life be, if they could receive $4 million outright? There is no concern that they would have to have. The only thing that they would have to do is make sure that they are managing that money financially responsibly. And you can put life insurance into a vehicle called a trust and tell them how they have to manage that money to make sure that it's doing what it's supposed to do. But life insurance is such a wonderful vehicle that we just don't know about. 
And people get so caught up in all of these other things that life insurance really can be affordable. No, you may not be able to get a $1 million policy, but a lot of our jobs already give us life insurance, right? So maybe you don't need, maybe you're looking at a $200,000 policy, your job gives you 100000 Well, you really only need to buy $100,000 for you to have that $200,000 of coverage. And then you have to consider what happens when you change jobs. But there are ways that you can get the coverage that you need without it being so um, so expensive. You can do a combination of term and whole life. You could do what I do, get a policy that's term and convert it to whole life when you're in a better position financially to afford those premiums. But it's get of money that you are giving to people outright to make sure that they're okay when you pass away. And we've got to be having these conversations so that people understand how beneficial, how easy it is for us to break this pattern, this generational curse of scarcity and not having money. I love it, Queen. Uh, that's what, I'm so glad you called in. I'm glad to allow you to literally run away with the segment because of everything you said. You just broke down. There's so many perspectives. Because all I had originally said, priority number two, was life insurance. And the example I mm-hmm. gave was, you know, how um, Harvey's mentors, they, say they prioritize life insurance. And the way you just broke it down is why life insurance is prioritized, meaning it's considered through all of their financial situations, whereas it's kind of a a backdrop for a lot of people, not just African-Americans, but, you know, again, speaking to our community, you know, like you said, it's just what we don't know. And so that's our goal Mm -hmm. here with with this show is to make sure you have at least heard seasons like, wow, I didn't even know how to consider life insurance like that. Or another mistake is to only rely on the job insurance. You know, only mm-hmm. relying on that, and like you said, I love that example where hey, you can get, you know get a hundred thousand from the job, and then then yeah, you by prioritizing life insurance, now you go ahead and add another hundred thousand yourself. Whereas typically, exactly. oh, hundred thousand is a, you know we're thinking oh, hundred thousand is enough. I'm good as long as I got the benefits of the job, and then you take your money today and use it however you want, and you're still trying to figure out how to invest. But the part about investing in life insurance is especially when you like say you get into the whole life and the in uh, those UILs or whatever, now you're talking about tax-free money. That so when you keep saying, I want people to understand when you kept saying tax-free. Tax-free right. is what the wealthy people yeah. that either admire or despise. However, you look at wealthy people, I don't, I don't, I don't suggest that you despise them. But people look at them both ways. The thing that they prioritize over everything is taxes. Like yes. their priority is yes. pay the least taxes because. It's I've earned this money. How do I keep the most of this money exactly. I earn? So tax free, um, to a degree, if you're on the other end of the wealth spectrum, that's not something you think about greatly. But in not exactly. thinking about it, you also prepare retirement not thinking about it and you don't always get the tax benefits. So while there are other investments you can make, because, again, this is not me having an argument of which investments are best. It's just me highlighting that life insurance is a beautiful way to protect your tax-free retirement. When you talked about that whole life that can build up money, like uh, Justin Hempstead, often on the show, he plans to retire at 440, and he's not going to give the government a dime because he – he buys more than one policy to cover his money so that he can dump mm-hmm. in this vehicle that he could just take out 
uh, what is it? How? What is it? What did you just take? You just did you, what did you call it when you take out just money against the policy? But he basically oh the cash with, value. Yeah, yeah, he'll withdraw on the cash value, and the government mm-hmm. can't tax it. So that's how it's set up, right. really, as we speak. All right, we are up against the break. Three one four last three nine five three. We will get to you coming out of the break. Ashley, again, I'm gonna steal you for the whole three minutes if I can. You good for another second? <laughs> okay. All right, cool. I'll keep you on. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Where all I ask is that you think. If you're online, to get the number to get in is six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. For those on the phone lines already, you have to press one to let us know you want to speak. We'll be coming back with the um, caller out of this break. Are you trying to figure out your next income stream? Maybe get into cryptocurrency, real estate, or maybe even start your own business. If so, contact the KG Hire Company to receive a professional consultation or strategy session to provide you the advice you need to get a jump start on your new venture. If it's a new business, there's nothing like having a business consultant review your finances, strategy, or marketing. If it's real estate, the KG Hire Company specializes in evaluating deals for profitability and securing special financing for creative real estate acquisitions. If it's cryptocurrency, then look no further than the KG Hire Company to master the components of blockchain technology and investing into cryptocurrency serving atlanta since 2016 the kg hire company is an industry leader in customer experience and getting your money's worth contact them at kghire.com or 833-544-9288 again that's 833-544-9288 Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. This morning's discussion question, what should be the top three priorities for the African-American community? I've offered two of my priorities. I'll be offering the third a little later in the show. Right now, I'm fortunate enough to have on one of our Queens of Intellect members, Ashley Thomas. She is a financial expert, and so she just laid down the last thing. Uh, better than I ever could, because I said priority number two is life insurance. She corrected me and said we should make it estate planning, which I Oh, hardly agree. And that actually, we didn't mention this, but it gets into health directives, you know, what should be done in the event that I, as, you know, if I have children, I become incapacitated, although we would never want it to happen with COVID. That's been a very real re- reality. Um, uh, unfortunately, lost a cousin recently. And so I hope that she had her state prepared, but estate planning is above and beyond even the life insurance, even though was the focus for the last priority. I said we had a caller out there, so let's get to a caller. If you want to be a caller, just press 1 once you get on at 646-787-1691. Area code 314-3953. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Hello, Montoya. How are you this morning? And your guest. Hey, how you doing? I thought that was Brother Fianchi. Uh, you, I, I, I ain't got the numbers locked, locked in like too, but how you doing this morning? I know you got an amazing three cents for us. I would love to hear what you got to offer for the top three points. Yeah. yeah, right. And I really like what your guest is, is speaking on. I'm gonna work up to that. And of course, on this, uh, what you're asking, the top three principles that can start either one or two places. And you know, I like to always start with the education of the young children, uh, preparing them properly exposing them, providing them with the resources, assessing their inner ability and try to match that with something that's going to be demanding in the future in some industry. Now, I'm for functional families. I believe in good education, 
you get married, and you have children and do it over and over again. And actually, and when you buy a home, buy a home has to be in there because it's an investment. And make sure you have mortgage insurance, which is basically term insurance, on that home. You know another insurance that needed to actually is concealed carry insurance because many people, just because of the nature of the society we have today, they are going that direction. And you need to have insurance if something was to happen. Insurance is for anticipation that something will happen. So the thing that you've been harping on is correct. Then you know another thing, too, Montoya, for my third one is personal development. You have okay. to continue to develop yourself personally in the new trends, in the new sciences, keeping up with news, whatever. Just continue to personally develop yourself. Mm-hmm. Then become a responsible grandparent. If all the first two was done correctly at some point in time, mm-hmm. you will become a grandparent. And being a grandparent is what we call intergenerational wealth, intergenerational assets that you can help apply to start that process all over again with that child that was born who is now becoming either a father or mother. Those are my three, Montoya. All right, I love them. I mean, I don't even know. For me, it would be hard to um, argue with them. Let me see what Ashley has to uh, say as you hear Brother Pianchi kind of break down. I see it as all interconnected, which I think is his point, and I don't. And yeah. I, I love what he has to say, but uh, what are your thoughts on Brother Pianchi's um, priorities for our community, uh, Ashley, while we still yeah, have no, I, I I love them all. I agree 100%. I, I agree with your statement that it's, it's interconnected, right? Like, in, in, in some ways, like, all of those relate to the things that we have all made points, and it's so important. And, and I think we get further away from this it takes a village component because a lot of us are striving to um, give future generations what we didn't have, and we're not focusing on giving them the knowledge because the knowledge is what's going to give them um, the ability to go above and beyond them getting what they did not receive, right? Like they have to make that determination for themselves what they did not receive and do the work to, to like, balance that out. But when you have grandparents that are available that can share their stories, that can share their experience, and when you are prioritizing, you know, that education and continuing to grow, it just fosters an amazing environment um, for for our community to move forward because we're always thinking of what's the next thing? What can I be learning? What can I be passing down? How can I be continuing to develop myself? And in turn, when we work within community, you're also educating and giving those gems to the next person. Um, and, and so I, I think definitely that point about the grandparents is, is something that is um, lacking within our community and something that we really need to strive on uh, a little bit harder. Um, but, but also giving grace to the fact that, like, there are some patterns that have to be broken and addressed in order for that to move in a healthy in a healthy direction, I agree, and that's why we you highlight the mental health. And um, I, I'm still going to let my third um, priority out here in a little bit. But when you talk about mental health, I I, I, I feel like I captured to a degree in when Brother Piaki says personal development 
even that alone, it doesn't. It's not something we will automatically do. So it has to be said. And and, and I know that's right. where you're going. Like to even get to the idea of being a. And I love that concept, a responsible grandparent. Like to even make that a goal. That's like a whole thought process mm-hmm. in the direction that we're going. Because for the most part, it's human nature that a lot of the things that we're trying to do, we want to ensure that it doesn't happen to the next generation, that it doesn't happen to others. So a lot of people are doing that, but the reality is within the, uh, in a sense, the concept of America, which harps on American individualism to a degree, we do it for ourselves without realizing it, it, it's best done connected to another person. It's best done yep. saying, like like Brother Pierke says, exceed in my head that I want to be a responsible grandparent, your life might look a little different. A lot of your decisions might have to look a lot of different. You might be willing to sacrifice say, for a higher policy to be a responsible grandparent. These are the right. things that just when you think about the concept of family and what it means for a lot of the things that we pursue on our own as individuals, we to a degree, we lose the concept of how it can be exponential with one another. Like even your idea yeah. of how you financially make the decision right now, I'm going to do term policy because it's 500 a year versus a whole life at this point is 3,500. But I think to myself, and it's not that you haven't considered this, and I know you know this too well, but in the event that you have a significant other that's committed, y'all together exactly. might be able to take on a whole life policy sooner to ensure that you are flipping your turn within 10 years because the reality on your own is in 10 years you might still not not you personally but i'm just saying exactly just to take this thing out individually you may not be in a position to switch it to whole life not again not you personally but just anybody that's right. hearing this stuff for the first time i'm trying to show them that this becomes much easier with someone and again mm-hmm. it's not that i'm just encouraging people to be with whoever but if you're going to do it with the idea of having a family one day, then you have to also prioritize who you pick to have children with. Like, I talk about this all the time. I've spent a lot of years chasing love, which would have got, would have had I married the times I maybe had the opportunities to with the wrong priorities, I would have married for love. And as soon as the love wasn't there, I would have, you know, getting divorced. And if we've had children in that situation, I'm not prioritizing the things we're talking about today. And that's why these things are important, that if we understand what being a responsible grandparent includes, then I don't just get to check the bags of a Maserati. You know what I mean? Maybe, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, I have another car and not the Maserati, or I wait two years and get it off the lot two years later, and it's $30,000 versus $100,000. Little small things, you just make smaller decisions when you prioritize family and children. Just a thought I wanted to bring. We got actually another caller. Uh, I know I got you for only about five more minutes, so let's go to the other caller. Um, area code 416-63586. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this discussion question. Hi, Montoya. This is Leslie. I'm calling from Toronto, Canada. Hey, Leslie. How you doing, Queen? What you got for us this morning? Hey, I, I missed the most of the show, so I don't know what was said already. Um. But I think that the number one thing for black people in the United States and Canada is um, is money, is um, financial acumen, business acumen. We have to take money a lot more seriously. Um, entrepreneurship, business ownership, uh, business partnerships, like that has to be the number one thing in my opinion. 
No, I love it. Um, your thoughts, Ashley, to what Leslie from we international here. We got the Canadians calling in. They know we rock every Saturday morning. I love it. Thank you, Ashley. I mean, thank you, Leslie, for calling in. But, um, your thoughts to what um Leslie she said she wants to say. Or, you know, she didn't do three. She said the number one is business acumen and money. And uh, going, I know this is near and dear to your heart based on who you are. But what are your thoughts about what Leslie had to say, Ashley? Uh, I, I agree to it. I agree with it to a certain extent, right? I, I do think that finances have to be a priority. Um, but you know, I feel like when you when you focus on like money, it becomes like how can I obtain it right now? And yes, that is important. Um, but we also have to be thinking about like once we get it, and and I know this goes into the business acumen, right? Like once you get it. How are you maintaining that money? I think the only thing that I I would disagree with, maybe what might further the conversation is like, I, I don't agree with entrepreneurship and, and business in terms of partnership because not everyone has that capacity. Um, I, I think that's one of the things that a lot of people are struggling with right now um, mm-hmm. in this pandemic, everyone thinks that it has to be about a hustle. It has to be about getting that money in. It has to be about you being an entrepreneur and turning your hobbies into something profitable, and it leads to burnout. It leads to people being confused as to why they're not being profitable because mm-hmm. you might not be a business person. We need people that are okay with being workers. That has to be okay, right? And and I understand it is important that we have entrepreneurs and people that are focused on that. 100%. We do need that. But we also need to know it, it's kind of like that pipeline that we feed our young black men, right? You can be a football player, you can be a basketball player, but what about a doctor? What about a welder? What about um, an HVAC person, right? Like we have to, it, it more so should be we need to be finding ways to get creative financially and generating income, growing that income and keeping it within our community, within our families, I, I feel like is, is a more broad way to put it compared to what I am seeing personally and experiencing myself is that burnout that comes with trying to be that business person or trying to be entrepreneurial because that is very big in our as a whole, not even our community, our society mm-hmm. as a whole is mm-hmm. focused on that. And it is pushing people to mental limits that they cannot maintain. You have to be able to step back and be like, I need a break. I have to prioritize my mental health over. And sometimes you have to prioritize your mental health over that job. Yes, it might be paying you six figures, but you are an emotional wreck. You can't process your feelings. You're not interacting with your families and friends. You're depressed, right? Your mental health has to take a priority over that because you won't be able to sustain that. So I, no, I, I agree to the extent, but we mm-hmm. have to broaden that spectrum for some people and know that they have other options other than entrepreneurship and like being a business person. Maybe they can be that person that does marketing and spreads the word about your product or talks about how fantastic it is to bring other people in. It doesn't have to be strictly entrepreneurial. And, and that, that was kind of the thing that struck with me from the statement. No, absolutely. I agree with you 100% um, that we, we we actually hear that focus so much so that we are seeing mm-hmm. some, some collateral damage from it. I agree with you on that. And the other aspect is entrepreneurship is such a skill set. It's such a skill set. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we lose sight that 
and I, I highlighted this when I promoted the show, only 11% of Americans are full-time entrepreneurs. So that means 89% of us argue for someone. Now, if you add part-time entrepreneurs, that goes to six to 14%. And African-Americans, we are 14% of the entrepreneurs. So we're in the field of being in business. I, we're not downplaying it. It's absolutely necessary, but I agree with Ashley, um, to prioritize it over mental health, to prioritize it over having a family, which a lot of people do, they actually lose out yeah. doing it that way versus or what you hear is entrepreneurs after they've been beat up that have figured out how to succeed. They went through the, in a sense, the rigmarole of becoming a business owner, figure mm-hmm. out once they find balance and prioritize these other things, they now are better business people. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. I know you get your toes done, and we are up against a break. So thank you for the time you spent with me, King. Oh, I, I can stay for the last 30 minutes if you want. Oh, okay. Okay, 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 okay good. So we good. Oh, yeah, okay, my appointment. Okay, yeah, my bad. My appointment is at 1230. Well, I'm going to keep you on then, and we still got Leslie yeah, on. Okay. Um, Leslie, we'll let you respond out of the break. We'll be right back. Okay. All I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Socrates. Speaking of money, moneymotivation.com. Uh, love this company. They've been a long-time sponsor. My best friend, you know, with the captain bag, has supported this podcast for a lot of years now. I love what they're doing. And, and to Leslie's point, for those who do want to prioritize business and money, if you will, highly encourage you to go over to moneymotivation.com. Not only is it the top streetwear brand within their industry, uh, but they do above and beyond just sell you clothes, uh, constantly uh, putting together events and, and, and podcasts, things of that nature. Uh, they got a big project upcoming that really help people who have that skill set, as I alluded to, to be entrepreneurs and survive that game. They are definitely about the business of helping people elevate who, in a sense, those of you who know it is in your spirit not to work for someone, you have to do it yourself. For those people, if you're built for it, moneymotivation.com is where you want to be. This morning's discussion question, what should be the top three priorities for the African-American community? I have one of my Queens of Intellect members who's down the show with me, Ashley Thomas on. I call her Leslie out of, Connecticut, out of Canada, uh, Toronto, Canada, to be specific. Um, your uh, thoughts, again, we're not even disagreeing with you, Leslie. We're just highlighting, um, and, and again, for top three priorities, uh, money is something that is often brought to the table, and we're not in disagreement, but I would prioritize mm-hmm. some things 
in front of money, partly due to a lot of the things that Ashley said. Some people are getting pushed in the wrong direction when it's not really their skill set or they're overplaying their hobby to a degree that is hurting them mentally. And again, I know you've, you know, I know you personally. So but what are your thoughts again to our response to what you had to say as a priority for our community? Go ahead. Quinn. Thank you. So I agree with everything that she said, you know, you're right. Not everybody is built for entrepreneurship. Not everyone can do it well. Um, So we do need employees. And here's what I would say about that. I'm an entrepreneur, but my two adult sons, they still live with me, and they are employees. My youngest son works for Amazon. My um, eldest son works for the city of Toronto as a garbage truck driver. They're both making good money. Now, here's what I would recommend for black people. I think that we need to pool our money together as families. This is what happens in the Indian community here in Toronto and um, the Chinese community. I'm not saying it's the best thing. I'm not saying there aren't drawbacks to it, but they have like multi-generations living in one house and they pool their money together and they make it work and that's how they rise to the top. As black people, I find that we're not doing that. As soon as kids turn 18, they're encouraged to leave home and, and go out on their own. And so we're all living separately, paying bills separately, and we're not pooling our resources. And that's what we need to do right now. My, my, even though I have the stresses of being an entrepreneur, because both of my sons are working, we're able to, to pay the rent together. We're able to buy groceries nice. together. We're able to help nice. one another. So I'm not, I'm not bearing the burden all by myself. So I think that black people, we really – we really have to connect family and money together. I love the thoughts. I mean, uh, we did a show, I think two, I think it's been two years ago about the idea of, uh, since, should, you know, I forgot the exact name of the show, but it was about, should we uh, push our kids out at 18? And the concept on that show was recognizing how a lot of cultures do exactly what you said and how, uh, there's a game plan that, you know, in a sense, once the child reaches 18 or once they finish college, there's a game plan for remaining together, and there's a game plan before that child goes out. And then they might go out on their own at 25 or 26 ready to purchase a house because, you know, you don't just have them living with you doing whatever they want. There's a game plan for them coming out in the world because things are very different. The cost of living is very different. And so because of those things, then you're right. A lot of cultures benefit one another by pooling their money together in a sense before venturing out on their own or, you know, or sometimes you'll see family, uh, you know, someone like, for example, their daughters, you know, they're still married till they go into another generational concept another home so you see those type of things and so i love to hear what you're doing with your own family thank you for your three cents this morning leslie you're welcome yeah absolutely for the other callers out there, if you're trying to get in you do have to press one if you want to be like leslie if you're on the line you do have to press one to let us know that you want to speak if you're online and want to get in on this morning's discussion 646-787-1691 646-787-1691 one. And so um, I had a, a comment on Facebook I wanted to share with you, Ashton, get your thoughts on it as well. Yeah. Um, one of, um, Troy Moulton, um, this brother highlighted on one of our Facebook posts. Uh, here's, the, here's was the three that he mentioned, which is somewhat similar to some of what we're talking about, but um, I see one thing that's definitely a little different, so I wanted to get your thoughts on it. So the three that he pointed out were building wealth, uh, which is kind of what we're talking about now, what he said from a creating mm-hmm. business. I'm developing and investing, buying land. As number two, which we haven't heard anybody say so far, was building political power. He says through unity and economics. And the third one was building and strengthening relationships 
families, business, investment partnerships, political blocks, which I think I've covered that with, you know, mar- healthy marriage before children. Um, so he brings in, he thinks building political power, power should be one of the top three. Any thoughts when you just hear him offering that as one of the three priorities? Your thoughts on that, Queen? Um, so I, I would say that that is true, but I think it comes back to, like, we have to have collective wealth. And so when we talk about, right, like how hate crimes against Asians was, like, impacted as a law, right, we're still waiting for hate crimes against African Americans to be a law. They didn't just come together and, and learn politics and do those things. That came back to money, right? Money is what talks for companies, for for politicians, for everything that has to do with this country, you need money. So I do agree with that to an extent, but that comes back to Leslie's point, to our point, right? Like you have to have that money there. You have to have that community coming together to bring that money together so that you can be a part of those conversations about changes that need to be impacted. We most definitely need to be more politically aware and being able to have those conversations. And and even, you know, when it comes down to voting, like knowing what they're talking about on those ballots and and Mm -hmm. how it impacts our districts and our communities and our counties and all of those things. But when you're talking about impacting political change, they're going to listen to to your money before they listen to your words. No, I agree with you 100% on that portion. Here's how I like to Explain the importance of politics, if you will. Um, he's offering it as a top three priority, and I'm necessarily in disagreement with him or whatever. I wouldn't put it top three. Um, but at the dilemma that I quite often see, just to highlight this very briefly on politics, the dilemma that I quite often find when having the discussion within our community specifically is people, in my opinion, typically are extreme with how they look at politics, extreme from this standpoint. They prioritize politics either too much and then there's a, a big portion of our community that prioritizes it too little. And so right. and the, and the dialogue ends up being, what is politics, you know, for those who, who don't think in a sense that, that it's a benefit to us, and they, and they would agree with you that the money talks first, right? But a lot of those money talk first crowds, not everybody, but I'm just saying I, I see this from time to time, a lot of the money talk crowd, they'll say about the Asians, they don't even get in politics and look at them or whatever. So they'll say money first and they're in their they they're thinking is to literally just disregard the politics politics. So again, that's an extreme that I don't agree with. And then you know, again this brother offers it as a top three. I wouldn't necessarily offer it as a top three, but the way I always wow. like to highlight highlight politics is that if you were to put um different things, if we were to prioritize everything on a scale of 100%. And let's say, you know, education was one of those things and politics was one of those things. I would place politics at about 15% on the scale. Um, and then there's other things on the scale. Finance is at 40%, right? I would say 40%. Right. So, you know what I'm saying, then everything else break up in that last 35%. But what I always highlight at 15%, some people might hear that as low. But if I were to tell you, I'm going to take 15% out of every dollar you earn right now, you'll be mad as hell at me. Right. And Because I, I highlight that 15% is not low when you think about 15 cents coming out of every dollar that you make. You know what I mean? However, it's right. not, you're not prioritizing it over when – you, when you get caught up in the politics and especially the media focus and the left and the right, the propaganda that they're mm-hmm. passing to us, 
And if you start making that a priority of your life and now you're looking at petitions and hating them because they're on a certain party and things of that nature, you let it overcome your life like that. And you, you're not prioritizing the finances that it would take to get that congressman to vote the way you want them to vote. So you're so you make it too powerful when it's above that 15% on that scale of 100. But again, 15% out of every dollar would hurt you. So that's why I kind of just throw out that little philosophy of how important politics um, can and should be, and especially when you start talking about locally, where it often gets disregarded. Like even a lot of people that care about politics get caught up in national politics when the rubber meets the locally. And I am looking to have a what? show pretty pretty soon here. I bring on some local people that are running for different positions just to help people understand more how important of, of a role politics plays. So that 15% becomes very important if you're focused in the community around you. So again, I don't disagree with um, that being a priority, but I would not put it in top three. For the other callers out there, if you're trying to get in, you do have to press one to let us know you want to speak, or if you're online, 646-787-1691 to give us your three cents on this morning's discussion. So I'll let the cat out to my last priority, um, and it's I would love to see our, from a collective standpoint for us to, similar to what Brother Pianchi said, he, he said, he, Brother Pianchi highlighted when he was labeling out his three priorities, trying to figure out the innate abilities. He mentioned this, I don't know if people caught it, but understanding the innate abilities of our children and getting behind those innate abilities. Well, I would offer, uh, we have a credible history inside of STEM in this country, science, technology, mm-hmm. engineering, and math that is not as known as it should be, in my opinion, for most of us as African-Americans, because we have brilliant minds that would excel in those areas, not always certain that we are studying the innate abilities of our children at an early enough age and getting them involved in the STEM programs, because even the kids that we, in a sense, that are good in math or whatever you want to say, they'll eventually, you know, smart kids always get highlighted in the school system, if you will. Our smart black kids get highlighted. But how many of them start college and find out that they, they want to become a certain type of engineer, that they want to become a, a, a nuclear scientist or a high-level doctor or, you know, something that's in that field, but they, they just find out their peers have been getting groomed since the fourth grade. Right. And so within the field, we even have people that, in a sense, who have the mindset for it, but in comparison to their peers, they're getting pushed out. They don't have enough people that look like them around them. And so we have brilliant minds who, in a sense, don't stay in the field. We're up against the last break, so I'm going to play this last break, and I'm also going to highlight, again, how even going into the field, how it helps the country, and that's another reason why I would love to see us prioritize that. But I'll get into that when we come out of break, our last break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. 
For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. If you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, you too could be like LNG Technologies and become, they are now a black member, so that actually we get that uh, commercial change for them. They move to a black level membership. But if you have a product or service you would like to get out and would like to advertise to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me directly. DM me on Facebook uh, under Montoya Smith or Mental Dialogue or on IG Mental underscore Dialogue or call me directly. I don't mind. 404-604-9477. Support us and we get your product out for you as an individual. Go to MentalDialogue.com. Scroll down to become a member and you can become a supporter uh, at the gold level, an actual member at the platinum level, and a black member at the black level. So different levels of support to keep intelligent radio on the air. Uh, You know, this internet, in a sense, is the great equalizer uh, because we know the conglomerate of the national media is going to spend time pushing us, you know, towards our emotions and ultimately trying to sell us stuff that we don't need. And so the information in the places like this, we exist on the radio, but we definitely need y'all to share and spread the word and support. Keep us on the air. It's not free for me to be on the Internet, believe it or not. Uh, with that said, I do have a, um, Ashley Thomas, one of our queens of intellect. She's been rocking with me for this whole hour, so I absolutely appreciate her. Um, I just mentioned the third priority for this morning's discussion question, what should be the top priorities for the African-American community? I highlighted STEAM, and that know that seems unique, but I highlighted it because even the idea of business and money, we just mentioned this, Ashley. But the idea of STEAM, since we know 86% of the population is going to be employees, if you will, because sometimes even when we talk about the business acumen of other communities, Asians or white people, we kind of say it as if the majority of them are entrepreneurs when the reality is only 11% of the country is full-time entrepreneurs. And so since a lot of them are going to, in a sense, bring in income and to your point, it's, it's what you do with that income, no matter how you bring it in, whether it's working for yourself right. or with someone else. You want to be smart with your income, learn to invest it, which is to your point. I'm highlighting the fact, and this is kind of to Brother Pianchi's point, I'm highlighting the fact that if you understand, and he said this, understanding things that are in demand. And so this is an mm-hmm. area that is in such demand that our con- country actually has the H1B1 visas where they bring in outside um, talent to fill a lot of the high-level STEM jobs in the country, meaning they're not a, quite often they're not enough Americans to fill them. So I, I always like to highlight this because I know I had a, I went to college with this guy that was um, a native he was a, in, from India, and so his whole family was counting on him to be successful in America. He was a brilliant, smart kid because they knew he could get one of those positions where he could help lift the rest of their family out of poverty. And I came to understand that that was a very much part of their culture. They basically looked at um, STEM jobs in the West and particularly in the U.S. For them, 
That was their NFL. That was their NBA. It was their chance to get out of their class. You know, and they, you know, in their country, things class, and they're in a certain class and can't elevate. But if they could, if the families could put money behind their most brilliant kids, they could actually bring the family over and uplift them out of poverty. I always tell this story. When I was an Uber driver, I would also here in Atlanta. I would um, because I was familiar with what he taught me. Sometimes I would have those conversations with different um, Indian people from India or whatever, immigrants that will come here, I would bring that up. And they would gladly start telling me that that was such a priority. I remember dropping off a couple people in some of the largest house I ever seen, you know, some of the largest house I ever dropped people off at. And because I, you know, they would be, they would love to have a conversation because they didn't expect me to go there, right? So in having the conversation, we'll completely open up. And I remember a couple people they had this huge place and I was like, man, this is a huge house. They had five families. But I'm talking about the house was big enough that they wasn't always over people could have their own section mm-hmm. of the house, but it didn't come from that concept. A couple of the, a couple of couple of, because that's part of the culture that the, you know that that you are to take care of your grandparents and things of that nature. So that's already a part of their culture. But a, they but the whole family had behind one of two of them becoming successful in STEM degrees in the country, and they weren't working for themselves, they were just making a lot of money in those industries, and they took that money and brought two, three other family over, members over and got out of poverty. So because I'm aware of that conversation, I would love to see our community take a lot of those jobs because I always use this example on the show as well. Like over the next 10 years, Georgia is expected to be 70,000 positions short in STEM jobs that are going to be needed over the next decade. The, the entire state is going to be short. So I always look at it as a, that is, if we look at it properly, you know, uh, we always talk about the idea of our community trying to fill those NFL and NBA jobs, which there's only 4,000 professional athletes in the entire country. Well, I just said 70,000 high paying jobs are going to be available in the one state alone. I would love to see more of our community of our children that have the innate ability. I don't have that innate ability. I went to an engineering school and stayed far as away as I could from those degrees, even though my dad was encouraging it for myself or whatever. That's not how I think, but I do see how my friends having went to an engineering school that kind of regardless of where they fall, and I've seen some some of them get out of the field, but because of how they were taught to think, they've prospered in business. They've prospered in other areas because STEM teaches you how to think, if nothing else. And if you know how to think, you're going to fall and land okay just about anywhere. So that's why I consider it a third priority. I will say, as I said when you first got on, I would put now mental health in front of that priority if we're going to put them in order but I still think it has to be a priority that's not sp- spoken about enough. Your thoughts, uh, Ashley? Yeah, I, I think um, I agree with what you said in, in terms of your priorities. Um, and I, I think, like, some of my struggle is just, like, how do we overcome the obstacles that are out there for us, right? You know, when you mentioned that maybe our kids um, are wanting to pursue these degrees in, in other communities or other children have been groomed for this since the age of four, right? I, I think it comes back to this overarching feeling that we have to have community. If we don't have anything else, we have to have community. Um, and I, I think one point that I got from 
this conversation, even from the last point about um, the political aspect of it, is like these are your priorities, right? Like we definitely have to have them for the community. And and I, I want people to be aware that like there are two types of priorities in my personal mm-hmm. opinion. We have fixed mm-hmm. ones, ones that are always going to be there, ones that we always have to be focusing on. Um, but we also have changing priorities. And like it is true, priorities will change as you get to different levels. And like we have to be aware of what's changing. You know, like if you are in a position where you have a job and, and it's like in STEM, what what is your priority in terms of sharing that knowledge within our community? What what are you doing with that knowledge? How are you fostering community? I, I think that was the thing that I kind of walked away from your point, Montoya. I love it. I agree. I know that there is absolutely a need out there, um, and and it comes back to us as a community. How are we going to ensure that we are meeting that need? Um, because we're going to need that rep- representation, right? I don't know if anyone paid attention to there's this um, series on Netflix that talked about artificial intelligence and how it's discriminatory against people of color because they're not using us for the testing, right? And so when you talk about apps not working correctly because it doesn't recognize the melanin in our skin or how these um, these these artificial systems are looking at things and it's negatively impacting us, if you know and you can give back to the community, like, we have to be doing that. And it's bigger than just us, right? Like, it's bigger than just the Mm -hmm. priorities that we think. We have to be reaching back and we have to be thinking about, as our priorities are changing, how can we align this with the community and pull us up as, as a whole? So yeah, I, I, love I definitely what, do. I love, like the example you just gave. Let's highlight that. We only have a few more minutes, but I want to give, give people perspective when I, in a sense, put STEM as a priority. Again, I putting as moving it to a priority because the country is in so need of it, and we always keep hearing right. all the money when it comes to the politicians talking about how infrastructure in the country is hurting so bad. So having engineers, like again, when there's a need, one it's gonna bring a lot of income. And again, then I send you over to Ashley to tell you what the hell to do with that income. But using the example you just said with artificial intelligence, whether we like it or not, it's coming. Right? It is absolutely coming. Right. And so, so here's a perspective. So a perspective of how an app works and doesn't recognize our melanin is because the people that are working on it, they're not given – it's not that they're concerned or don't not think about – they're not thinking about black people because it doesn't have to cross their mind. So it exactly. ends up being an, a, a indifference is how an app gets built and doesn't include us. It wasn't built because they intentionally didn't want to include us. It's the indifference. Uh, it's the not being in the field, and are there are there absolutely are there even let's be honest are there obstacles even within the field that 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 hurts us when the few of us who are focused on it get in? Absolutely, I was just having this dialogue with one of my friends last night who's a recruiter in a sense for a lot of STEM jobs and things of that nature, and he says how many of the people who are in the field often get burned out or want to move out because of sometimes levels of racism that they experience. And I just threw out to him that if if we had, in a sense, a bigger pool of trying to get in, they would be in with more peers. And by being right. in with more peers, when they decide, I don't want to deal with the racism in this position, maybe you, a couple of you and your peers who are bringing in the community, then do go start your own tech company. Because we have the numbers to support 
even the fallout, right? Even the burnout, or I don't yep. want to take this from this group anymore, but now you have a peer you can look to versus right now when they get burned out or they maybe get discriminated against in a way to the point where they're tired of it, they completely get out of the field completely. So the numbers go down even more. So we got to feel this place of need and get over the obstacles that may be there, and it can be done if more of us are in it. So that's why I support it. Well, we got about a minute to go. Um, if you will, Queen, if there's anything you got out that you want to get out publicly, I don't know. I know you're always working on things. If you're at that position, I want to make sure you share your IG information so that people can follow you uh, before we go. But thank you for holding me down for this last hour, Queen. Yeah, um, I, I would say, you know, again, back to my point, like priorities change. Make sure that you are um, always staying in touch with yourself, with your community to make sure that. Um, those priorities align with what you're doing. Um, for my business personally, you guys can find me on Instagram, on Facebook. I am on Twitter, um, but you would probably just have to search the whole business name. But at Making Money Matter LLC, my website, makingmoneymatter.org. Um, I was just recently nominated for an emerging business in Gwinnett County in Georgia, so I'm pretty excited about that. I don't know if I'll win it or not, but um, I am excited about that. Always looking to work with people that are trying. Thank you. That are trying to get their finances together. That are trying to look at the patterns that come with their money. So if you have questions, you need help. Follow me. Send me a message. I am here to help. Uh, my email is makingmoneymatter at gmail.com. I'm working on getting that changed, but certainly feel free to reach out to me at any time. I would be happy to help. Thank you very much. See y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think.